Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, and Happy New Year! Happy New Year to all of my listeners, and I want to tell you again, wow, what a great listening audience. You know what? You're making a difference, because by your participation... You are once again letting the world know, hey, people with disabilities count. We do count. And I am so excited. You know, I'm always excited when I do a radio show, but I have to tell you, I was really excited today because I have someone so special as our guest to kick off the year. She is really a national champion for Americans with disabilities. She's a civil rights leader. She's just a great person. And I am so honored to have United States EEOC Commissioner Christine Griffin as our guest. Commissioner Griffin, welcome to the show. Why, thank you, Joyce. It's so great to be here and to start off the new year talking about my favorite topic, employment of people with disabilities, uh, specifically in the federal government as well as uh, in the private sector. And I really appreciate you asking me to be on the show. Oh, I can't think of any way. I would not rather start this show off than to have someone on here that's out there, thank God, speaking up for us, telling the federal government and everyone else, why, why aren't you hiring people with disabilities? That's the big question. But before we talk about that, I know there is so much excitement in Washington, D.C., and so much excitement in the country with our new president, Barack Obama. And I know that for the first time ever, there is going to be a disability inaugural ball, and that is so exciting. As a matter of fact, Bender Consulting is one of the sponsors. I just think it's so great. Commissioner Griffin, will you be at that event? I will. I couldn't be more excited as well. This is the first ever Disability Power and Pride inaugural ball, and it really is all about Celebrating not only this new president, but the role that the disability community played in actually helping this president and Vice President Biden get elected. The disability community was very active in this election, and although I don't have the exact numbers at the top of my head, I do know that uh, the studies show that people with disabilities and their family members voted in larger numbers than ever before and have really demonstrated that they are a force of people in this country that want to be taken seriously. And the Disability Power and Pride Ball actually reflects and and celebrates that strength and the stature of the community. Actually, you know what? Hats off to all of you listening to the show with disabilities. I commend you. I applaud you because... This year, the largest percentage group that voted were Americans with disabilities. What about that? That's the first time we really had this census, and I am so excited and so proud of you because, as I've always told you, whether you vote Democrat or Republican, you have to vote 
it makes a difference. And wow, you came out in record numbers voting this year. That is tremendous. So that's why it's great that this ball is called Power and Pride. Because, see, that's what we need to move toward. Don't you think so, Commissioner Griffin? No, absolutely. We have to be, you know, we have to demonstrate that we are a force of people in this country to be reckoned with and that we've a, we're, we actually have pride in the fact that we are people with disabilities, that the days of hiding that and and looking at it differently and in some way shameful, it, those days are over. And we're very happy to take our place among other communities that have fought for their civil rights over the years as well. And, and just so people know that they can go to www.disabilitypowerandpride, all one word, .org, and take a look at the website and buy tickets to the event if they're going to be in town. Uh, the ball is on Sunday evening, January 18th from 7 to 12 a.m. at the National Press Club. And I think it's a great opportunity for people with disabilities who are going to be in Washington, D.C., to, to celebrate our uh, shared commitment to making sure that this administration and this presidency really focuses on, among other things, focuses on the employment of people with disabilities. And I know this president has committed to supporting employment for people with disabilities, especially people in the federal government. And you know what? What I love about this uh, ball is it is sort of a statement, isn't it? It's sort of a, here we are. We're absolutely. part of all of this. Yeah, absolutely. And my hat's off to a number of people that have put this together, in particular Tony Coelho has been very involved. And uh, my hat's off to, you know, I can't name them all, but there are a, a large number of people that have worked very hard to to have this ball come off in a very short period of time, and it's, it's a huge success already, and it hasn't even happened. Wonderful. And if you are in the D.C. area, or if you're not, and you want to drive to D.C., I would encourage you to go. Why not? Why shouldn't you? Be part of history. Be part of this first uh, Ball, I am very sorry I won't be there, but people from Bender will be there, and we are a sponsor because I believe in this so strongly. So uh, that's great. I, I really hope that a lot of people do attend this and do go to this uh, event because it will make it will make a difference. It really will. Okay, hold on there one minute. I think we have a caller on the line. Hello? Do we have a caller on the line? Hello? Okay, well, we had a... Oh, yes, we have Joan on the line. Joan, are you there? Okay, well, Joan's here somewhere because my producer told me, but we'll find her after the break if we miss her right now. Hey, one question I have from a listener so I can make sure that I do not miss this is, uh, Commissioner Griffin, in your opinion, I am, I am from the Maryland area. I know about this inaugural ball, which is fantastic. I do not understand when there are over 50 million Americans with disabilities why this all seems to take so long for people to remember we are part of the voting process. 
We're going to go to break right now, and we'll be right back. I know there are a lot of storms going across the United States, so we may have had an air, a problem with our satellite, but we'll be right back. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Have you ever thought about having your own Internet talk show? Well, if you said yes, then click About Us. Then click Be a Host to get more information. Or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again. 480-294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice, what if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. Sorry about that, folks, but there's weather across the country that sometimes impacts what we're doing here. But we're back, and I have everyone back with me. Commissioner Griffin, uh, before we went to break, what I was asking you is a question from Maddie in Maryland, and it was in reference to the inaug- this uh, disability ball. Um, and what she said was, Commissioner Griffin, I know about the disability inaugural ball coming up, which is fantastic. My question is, why does it seem to take so long for the 50 million Americans with disabilities to be noticed in this country, and what can we do about it? Well, I think we all have lots of work to do. Um, if you look at any other group in this in this country, whether it's uh, African Americans or women that have had to fight for civil rights, none of this happened overnight, and they certainly have large numbers as well. Uh, we just have to keep plugging away and 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 educating younger people that have disabilities that you know they can't take anything for granted that we have to still you know literally fight for our civil rights and and to make everyone else aware that we are a force of people with disabilities that want to be taken seriously that do are involved in all aspects of society that we do vote and that we want issues that affect us in particular to be paid attention to and that we need leadership in in all levels of government, state, local, as well as federal, to be involved in making sure that, that we as a, as a group of people are taken seriously and that, that our issues are addressed. Yeah, and you know, uh, Maddie, one time 
I was at an event and Justin Dart Jr. was the speaker. And by the way, Yoshiko Dart, Happy New Year to you. Justin was speaking, and someone asked him a similar question about why is this taking so long, and he said, well, in case you forgot about this, the Ten Commandments were written a long, long time ago. <laughs> and to my knowledge, we're still not over adultery. But you know, his point is, it takes time for many things to change. And just as uh, you said about the civil, about. we still have racism today. Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, as a commissioner at the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, I can tell you that it's, it's not just subtle discrimination that we see. Uh, we still see very blatant racial discrimination in this country. We're talking about cases that, that we see where somebody may display a noose or something in a locker room, uh, some of a very offensive, uh, terminology to, to violate people who are African Americans' civil rights in the workplace. So we still see that level of blatant discrimination. So it's no wonder that people with disabilities are still in, in almost infancy or, as a friend of mine says, teenage years when it comes to their fight for civil rights. Yeah, that's right. I think we have Joan on the line now. I lost her before. Joan, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, Joan. Happy New Year, Joan. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you both. From oh, rainy Year, Pittsburgh Joan. here. Yes, I, I told you, this weather is very bizarre we're having across the country. Yes. Well, it's always nice to hear from you, Joan. Well, thank you, Joyce. And Commissioner Griffin, I'm thrilled that you are on the show today because the timing of this is perfect, as we would have suspect with Joyce and her timing, that the ADA Amendments Act uh, went into uh, law, became enforced, enforced, as of uh, New Year's. So I, I have a question for you, and I have a kind of a, uh, a comment question want your, want your take on, okay? Um, my first question is, do you have advice for employers on how to handle the changes between the ADA and the Amendments Act before until the EEOC finalizes the regulations and, and your guidance? Yeah, my my advice to employers would be, and and I know a lot of employers already operate this way, is to uh, you know spend less time, you know, really trying to figure out whether somebody has a disability or not, or is disabled enough uh, to meet some sort of criteria, and and spend more time focusing on whether they need an accommodation or not, uh, whether you. Uh, are actually demonstrating any type of discriminatory behavior against a person with a disability in the workplace. So one thing that everyone should be clear about is that Congress specifically said we want the definition of disability to be broad. We've always believed that was the case. We thought it was exactly, it was going to work that way when we passed the ADA to begin with. We've seen a narrowing of the definition over the last 18 years, and we want to go back to our original intent. And the intent was that the majority of people will be covered, that we won't spend a lot of time discussing whether they actually have a disability or not, and we will spend more time discussing whether a discriminatory act took place or not. So employees should really 
try and shift their focus if their focus has been on trying to not provide an accommodation because they don't think a person has a disability or is disabled enough to warrant that accommodation. That's that's very sage advice because I think one of the things, you know, as an ADA consultant, what I, what I say to our clients is the history of the Amendments Act was the original name was the ADA Restoration Act and that that was, you know, what what Congress was trying to do was restore what had been taken away over 18 years and, and try to get back to, to, to ground, you know, get back to, to where they intended it to be from the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Um, Second, and, and again, this is this is kind of rhetorical, but um, my sense is that um, employers, although you know these are tough economic times, and, and companies are, are the first budget they slash is training. But my sense is that employers really need to take this opportunity to um, train and educate and refresh supervisors, and include the change on, on to, to teach them, train them on ADA, and include the changes that are inherent in the Amendments Act, particularly for their current workforce. Because I think, again, my sense of it and my experience has been that um, employers have a tendency to think of the ADA only in terms of recruiting and new hires, but they don't have a tendency to think of their existing workforce and how the how either the original ADA or the Amendments Act will impact their current workforce. Do you do you concur? No, I absolutely, absolutely agree. And I think, as someone who worked on on employment discrimination issues before becoming a commissioner. One of the things that I think we saw, and, and probably one of the great successes of the ADA, was not so much in, in the recruitment and hiring of people with disabilities, but it was in accommodating people that were already in the workplace. Right. So I think that we, you know, the fact is as we age, we acquire disabilities. It is part of a natural process That's of right. life. That's right. And, you know, anybody over 50 knows that their eyesight isn't as great as it used to be and their hearing may not be as great Excuse as it me, used to Excuse me, let me adjust my glasses so I can hear you better. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we know that people acquire, you know, disabilities as they age and that they're going to need accommodations in the workplace. And I do think it's, that, in my mind, has been the one area we don't talk a lot about, but that is, has been a true success of the ADA, that Absolutely. we've been able to keep people in the workforce that, you know, under earlier times would never have been able to stay there. Well, and employers, employers, when they do that, they find that the return on their investment is so much greater because it costs so much more to hire somebody new and bring them up to speed to what their existing employee was already doing. Exactly. So and, you know, I think a lot of people find that, you know, getting rid of somebody that's, that's been there a long time, that has all the experience and, mm -hmm. and knowledge that they need, not only does it cost money to replace them, sometimes they're replacing these people with two younger people. Exactly. Uh, and so it, it, it isn't always economically yep. the, the yep. best thing to do. And accommodations, as we know, frankly, don't cost very much on right. average. So. Right, right. Well, and you know, Joan, the thing is, 
it amazes me when companies say to me, now how do we accommodate, you know, how do we accommodate if we have an employee, then they have an accident, and or, or what do we have to do if, like, the person seems like they have such a disability that we don't know if they'll be able to do the job right, or, I mean, I always think to myself, why are they at, I mean, this is not like a new thing. Right, right. Yeah, I, it, it, you know, it still amazes me, not just on uh, in the employment realm, but in the architectural realm as well, where people continue to say to me, well, how can a new building not be ADA compliant when these regulations have been in place since 1992? And I said, that's why I'm still in business, because they're still not getting it right because yeah. we're not enough of a blip on the radar screen. And, and, and Commissioner, what you said in response to the, to the last question is we still have a ways to go. Yeah, we do. We do. Well, we okay. do have a ways to go because we have a 65% unemployment rate. Right. That is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. That is a tragedy. Like, see how upset we all are right now about our economic situation? And, oh, my goodness, that unemployment rate may go up to 6%. It might go up to 7%. Hey, how about us? Right, right. right. How about 65%? Exactly. How about that? How about turning people to taxpayers and and giving them the freedom of of competitive employment? You know, it's funny, I just saw an article written by someone recently, I think it was in the Washington Post, where the person was writing and saying that we should focus on on federal employment and on ensuring that any of these jobs go to people who have been laid off from other jobs and, and in this economic downturn. And I I sat there and read this, and I couldn't help but think, oh, wait a second, you know, people with disabilities were 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 told in the passage of the Rehab Act, I don't know, 38 years ago, <laughs> that mm-hmm. that their turn had come, right. that they were going to be employed by the federal government. And I was sitting there secretly wishing that article was talking about now is the time to. Right really become that model employer, uh, federal government, and we'd be hiring, the article would be about hiring people with disabilities so that they could become taxpayers. And right. instead right. of, you know, increasing, I think the economic stimulus plan is contemplating increasing unemployment benefits, which is is good. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that, but instead of looking only at that issue and about people that have been, uh, you know, unemployed recently, we should also be looking at there's a huge population of people that have always been unemployed. Right, yeah. And their want un- to their, be Their unemployment almost mirrors their disability in length. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and you know what the worst part is, is when people are told in school, by their teachers, by their guidance counselors, or by rehabilitation or by counselors, or worse yet, even by their doctors, that they can't work. Exactly. I can't begin to tell you how many people I've met who will tell me, oh, I'm glad I didn't listen to my doctor because he told me I wouldn't be able to work. Mm -hmm. You know, that was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got this this whole attitude across this country and our society that, Somehow people with disabilities can't work. They can't. And yes, we'll all be able to do all, it. We are 
those of us on this call are people with disabilities that mm-hmm. do work, and we know lots of other people that do work, and we know That's lots right. of people with disabilities who are unemployed cannot get work, and only because it's other people's views that prevent them or uh, create the barrier to them exactly. becoming employed. Exactly. You know, that is, I tell people all the time, okay, here I am. I'm a woman with epilepsy. I'm working, but more importantly, do you remember we had a president during World War II? Mm-hmm. I, I remember that? Mm-hmm. And that president was in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. and he was three terms. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he took us through the Depression, That's defeated right. the evilness of Hitler and Nazi Germany. Remember that person? Mm-hmm. Oh, Guess yeah. what, folks? He was in a wheelchair. Yep. So President Roosevelt could run and manage this country through one of the most difficult times in history in such a successful fashion. I'll bet he could be an accountant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll bet that person in a wheelchair too, right? could be an accountant. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. You know, we actually had an ad campaign in Massachusetts for some time. It was on billboards, and I thought it was the greatest. It was a big picture of President Roosevelt, and all it said was, Sometimes the best person for the job is a person with a disability. Oh, that was good. Isn't that great? Oh, I love oh that. that was good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was really good. I love that poster. That oh, get, is I, really I good. And you know, still. you know, Joan, hmm. we, we know uh, Mr. Alan Fanica. Oh, yeah. He sadly plays for the Jets, mm-hmm. but is a person with epilepsy. Right, and he's going to the Pro Bowl again. Yes, there he is. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, right. we have to go to playoffs. break right now, uh, but we'll be back. Joan, thanks for calling in. Thank you yeah, both. Thanks, we'll be back with Commissioner Griffin right after the break. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where, listen to me, disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. 
But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Uh-huh. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at bornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show, if you just tuned in. Wow, what a great show today, because we have U.S. United States EEOC Commissioner Christine Griffin as our guest, and it just doesn't get better than that. Commissioner Griffin, um, as you noticed from our last caller, the the, uh, topic was the ADA Amendments Act, and a really wonderful thing happened September 25th, 2008, with the signing of the ADA Amendments Act. And as you very well know, this will provide people like me with coverage. I wonder if you could talk about it just for a few minutes for our listeners. Yeah, I, you know, it, it, as you said, this was a wonderful, wonderful event. This was a great bipartisan effort. Uh, I think more people, at least in the House anyway, voted for this then actually voted for the Americans with Disabilities Act, although that had widespread support as well. This was almost unanimous in the House as well as the Senate in Congress saying to uh, you know all of the agencies involved, the Supreme Court and everybody else, we want this to be broad. We want people with disabilities to be covered. We were serious when we said... This is a civil rights law, and we want the discussion to be around ending discrimination and not around whether somebody has a disability, which is where all of the cases really turned, In and we never got to the subject of discrimination. So uh, I think the, the mandate was very clear from Congress that, you know, the ADA's objectives were providing a very clear and comprehensive national mandate for the elimination of discrimination. And what they did was get very specific about how they wanted the definition broadened, that they wanted uh, the EOC to write regulations that reflected that, and that they didn't want us to use terminology we used in the past, such as, you know, to be covered You'd have to have a major life activity that was substantially limited, and that meant that you were significantly restricted. And so they said, lower the standard. Let's get people covered and and in the door so that we're talking about discrimination. And so we're we're in the process of trying to write those regulations, uh, but in the meantime, people would be best served by looking at the actual statute because it's very clear. And... We're very excited, I think, to have 
this restoration because now we will be very clear that people like you, Joyce, who have epilepsy or people who have diabetes in the workplace and need an accommodation to remain in the in the workplace will be getting that accommodation and won't be facing, you know, idiotic discussions about whether they're disabled or disabled enough. So... It is wonderful, and I think we have a caller on the line right now. Tony, are you on the line? I sure am. Speaking of the ADA Amendments Act, Chris Griffin, Tony Quello is on the line. Oh, great. Hi, Tony. Hi, Chris. Hi, Well, you know, this is fabulous because no one had more to do, I think, with the original ADA as as well as now this, this restoration of the Amendments Act. Uh, which restored the ADA than you did. So Yes, in just a Thank moment for our you. listeners throughout the world, Tony Quello, former congressman, was the author of the Americans with Disabilities Act. I assure you, he didn't write it so that it would be changed, and when it was changed, I always tell people they just don't know Tony, but I'm going to tell you, he worked for years with the Epilepsy Foundation and other groups and was determined to get us Coverage and here we are, Tony. I applaud you for that. Thank you, Joyce. Well, I'm on uh, because of your guest, who is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite people, and I applaud Christine for all that she's done with on the EOC and every other capacity she served in. I, she is really one of those advocates and supporters that our community uh, really uh, appreciates. Uh, Chris has done such a tremendous job for us, and I am hopeful, and without uh, going into too much detail, um, I'm hopeful that the Obama administration uh, recognizes uh, her efforts and so forth and that we have uh, something in store for her as, as shortly as time goes along here. But uh, we just we love Christine for all she's done and all that she's going to do as we go forward. So. I just wanted to make sure I got on the line and and let her know and let everybody that's on your on your call, Joyce, know just what a very special person Christine is. Uh, Tony, thank you so much. Thank you for saying that. But you know what, frankly, it's you and lots of other people that have really been fighting this battle for a long time uh, that are really committed to the employment issue for people with disabilities. Uh, it, it's a frontier that that we just haven't sort of broken through to yet, and um, I'm really looking forward to working in this administration. Uh, we finally, I think, have a president that, that is truly committed to the employment piece for people with disabilities, and I know that they'll be looking to you for, for leadership on this issue as well. And, uh, Tony, this is the time now. With the ADA Amendments Act passed, with someone like Commissioner Griffin out there, you know, leading the way in this administration, that we could see employment in the federal government. And I know that's your dream, employment for people with disabilities. That is my dream because in order to to make a difference in our society, it's important that we have people with disabilities uh, employed in all walks of life, um, and having the federal government lead the way, show the way, is so significant. What's been done 
with people of color, with women, and so forth over the years. And the federal government has to do the same thing in regards to those of us with disabilities. So um, I'm looking forward uh, to the implementation of the ADA Amendments Act, uh, which uh, Christine is uh, making a good fight on, which we appreciate her efforts in that on the EEOC, and then hopefully uh, in the future in, in other responsibilities. So uh, love you, Christine. Thank you very much for all the Oh, thank you. Support. Thanks. Thank you for calling, Tony. We uh, love thank you. Thank you. I appreciate all your support. She is awesome. Let me tell you that. Tony Quello is awesome. I have known Tony for 10 years. He is the real deal. I mean, he lives this every day. He doesn't pretend. No matter where he is, he's out there looking to help people with disabilities. Um, he has changed my life tremendously. I just think so highly of him. And I know you know, Commissioner Griffin, how much, how lucky we are in America as people with disabilities to have Tony Quello. Uh, absolutely, and if anyone, you know, for anyone that doesn't know what he has done, uh, not only just fighting for civil rights in general for people with disabilities, but he is one person when he was in Congress and, and for all the years since he's been out of Congress that has never lost focus about what employment can mean for people with disabilities and how it's it's until people with disabilities are actually employed in large numbers in this country, he knows that we're not going to change society's views about disability. And he's been committed to this far longer than anybody else that I know about back, you know, when he was on uh, the President's Committee for Employment for People with Disabilities to his involvement to this very day. He, he he believes this, he he walks it, he talks it, and he has never, ever given up on on this issue. That's true. I think, yeah. I mean, I've known him for 10 years and never stopped. He never, never has stopped. Uh, we are just very lucky to have him in America. We really are. Um, and, and really, Commissioner Griffin, that is a testimony to you and your credibility that Tony Quello would come in and say, call in and say all of that. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, I, I couldn't be more flattered and, and, and humbled by him calling and taking the time to call in and to say the things that he has said. So I, I really do appreciate it. And I, I, I can't tell you how excited I am about the future, possibilities, and about working with him on, on these very issues. Well, Commissioner Griffin, we believe in you. And I want to tell all the listeners listening to the show today why we believe in United States EEOC Commissioner Christine Griffin, because like Tony, she's the real deal. She really is. This is a passion. This is a dying passion of hers to help Americans with disabilities gain employment, uh, quality of life, equality. Uh, she is the real deal. She's not one that just puts this on because of this very powerful position she has. She really is the real deal and a leader. And, you know, what would we do if we didn't have you? Because 
Look what happened. They didn't even know that they had this terrible employment rate of people with disabilities in the federal government. As a matter of fact, when I was first heard about this, do you know I thought it was wrong? I did, too. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. I thought it was a mistake. I said, there's no way. There is no way. And by the way, in case you all don't know, uh, unless everything changed overnight, Less than 1% of people with disabilities work for the federal government. Is that correct, Commissioner Griffin? That's correct. 0.92% out of 2.6 million employees in this country. The federal government is arguably the biggest employer in the country, and yet 0.92, which means roughly 24,000 out of those 2.6 million are people with uh, severe disabilities. And it's really, really discouraging because we have seen the numbers go down year after year for the last 15 years. Oh, terrible. Terrible, terrible. And we'll talk about that more when we come back to close the show with our friend, your friend, a true champion, Commissioner Christine Griffin of the EEOC. We will be right back. You're listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters. You know what I have to say? Get fired up about this. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much, unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count. Minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk, move, or walk. Which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face. If you experience this, call 911 immediately. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. Boy, did we start the year off with a bang. We started off with EEOC Commissioner Christine Griffin and had a call-in from former Congressman Tony Quello, author of the Americans with Disabilities Act, really leader getting the ADA Amendments Act passed, just a fantastic person, former chair of the Epilepsy Foundation. Wow, what a way to start, i got to tell you. Commissioner Griffin, just so, as you can see, we like talking to you so much that, you know, wow. 
It's almost over. I didn't get to ask you a ton of questions here. But I did want to ask you one question, and that is if you could just quickly tell our listeners what the LEAD initiative is. Well, the LEAD initiative was our um, effort to educate and and highlight the issue of employment for people with disabilities in the federal government. We just talked a little few minutes ago about the horrible statistics and about the decrease over the last 15 years of employment for people with disabilities in the federal government. And LEAD was and is an effort to make sure that there is awareness about the issue and that we are promoting and educating people in the federal government about hiring people with disabilities, the obligation to do it under the Rehab Act, as well as the hiring authorities that exist that allow them to do it very easily and that go underutilized in the federal government. So we've spent a lot of time and effort the last couple of years doing this, and although we haven't seen the numbers uh, change in the last few years, as a matter of fact, they've gone down, what I realized that we've been doing, because, again, as we said in the beginning of the program, nothing happens overnight, we have been laying the groundwork. We've been building the foundation for an administration like the Obama-Biden administration to come in and, and, and begin implementing the employment of people with disabilities in the federal government. For the first time in a long time, we actually uh, have a president and, and a team of people that he's putting together that believe that the federal government should be the model employer and that that, means, that also includes the employment of people with disabilities. So I'm very excited about the future. I'm very excited that that the work that we've done in the last two, almost three years has been, I think, in preparation for a new administration that will demonstrate leadership on this issue to come in and actually implement what we've been talking about for the last two and a half years. I have to tell you, I was so excited the night President Obama gave his uh, acceptance speech in Chicago when he ta- included the word disabilities. Exactly. Oh, I was I so excited. And, you know, there are 50, over 50 million of us, and we were the largest voting group. So, hey, I really do believe we're going to have a voice, and I really do believe that President Obama will include us. So I am excited about all of this also. I did want to ask you, during this past year, what would you say, uh, Commissioner Griffin, and I don't even know how you'll answer this because there are so many things you've done, but what would you say is your proudest accomplishment? Well, I think the proudest accomplishment has been just what I, I said earlier, that, that we were given an opportunity to really build a foundation and sort of pave the way for a really good leader on this issue to come in and, and hit the ground running. And and I think there, in my mind, there can't be a federal agency out there across the country that hasn't heard of the LEAD initiative and isn't, at the very least, if they may, if they aren't hiring people with disabilities, they understand that the leadership is coming that will force this issue, and that there is basically a new day when it comes to federal employment. So I, I think that's 
the thing that I, I am most proud of. But when we look at, you know, small accomplishments, I think probably some of the work, and you're aware of this, uh, is the work that we've done with various agencies. In particular, uh, the National Security Agency that, that you've worked so closely with, as well as the Federal uh, Aviation Administration. Uh, they're embarking on a whole new effort to hire people with disabilities. They will be doing, I think, a significant amount of hiring in the next few years. And they have committed to making sure that in that hiring process, they are aggressively doing outreach and, and recruitment of people with disabilities to come into the Federal Aviation Administration. So I'm very, very excited about the work that we've done with them to make that a reality. I'll tell you what, you know what, Commissioner Griffin, my hat is off to the National Security Agency first and foremost because they came to me as they were going to other groups saying we want to hire people with significant disabilities and they have been doing so for the past two years, ongoing ongoing, a big campaign and partnership with us, and there's a man there that's a leader, Harvey Davis, and he is just a great human being. Thank you, Harvey, for everything you've done. Then the FAA, as you've said, they, too, are really doing a lot of work. As a matter of fact, they, too, have done work with me, as has the U.S. Naval Supply Group. So now, if we could just get everyone doing this, exactly. you know what, if everyone would just hire Exactly. A few people would make such a difference. You know, and then if we start looking at the, the contractors, the federal contractors in this country and getting them to also hire people with disabilities, we would, we would truly see the unemployment numbers, the non-working participation rate numbers for people with disabilities come down, and we would see the numbers in the federal government go up. So... Um, those are our goals, and, and I'm really excited and, and uh, I think fortunate that I will be at least in a small way a part of, of changing this in uh, federal government over the next couple of years. It's not a small way because look where we are now, less than 1%, and I believe you will because you're a person of integrity. Be known as the person that did this. And Commissioner Griffin, if you can impact those federal contractors, even though we have a rehab act, everyone seems to forget about everything else. But if you could impact them, that would be wonderful. Yeah, well, that's, we'll, we'll turn the federal government around and make them the model employer and then, then we'll focus our attention on the contractors as well. And you know what? That's how it is. It starts one at a time. And I just want to say one thing. I think you agree with me. Uh, anyone listening to the show right now, we need leadership from the top. Because it's just like in my world with the private sector, when you have CEOs at the top who say, I believe in the employment of people with disabilities. It's amazing how things go. That's what we need with our cabinet heads, with everyone. Don't you think that helps? Absolutely. It has to come from the top. It has to begin with the president and his team of folks, and it has to go to all of the heads of the agencies. Everyone has to believe in this and be committed to it. And, you know, they have that little saying in the federal government, what gets measured gets treasured. Well, if we start holding people accountable and start measuring their success in this area, I think we'll see great success. 
Let's I do too. So that it's important. I think we will see great success too, because we have three words: yes, we can. Mm. So we're going to apply that to employment in the federal government. I really believe we can do a lot. So, Commissioner Griffin, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? I would just like everybody to know, and especially people with disabilities, that they should be very hopeful about the future, that Yes We Can should be our mantra as well as everybody else's, and that they should be excited about changes to come over the next couple of years. And they should, and this goes to not only people with disabilities, but all of their families and the the people that are uh, are attached to them in various ways, whether it's people in the medical community or people in the educational community, expectations of people with disabilities should be just as high as for anybody else when it comes to education and employment. And we need to make sure that, that young people with disabilities expect to go to school and expect to work and that society provides those opportunities just as they do for everybody else. Yeah, we're all included. Be justice, hopeful. Justice for all. Exactly, exactly. Justice for all includes us. An organization that Tony's, uh, Tony's involved in, it's um, Life Without Limits. And, and I think that's what we're really talking about. We're talking about life without limits. And that's a life without limits for everybody, but especially people with disabilities who always seem to face a variety of limits in their lifetime. You know, I just agree with you so much. We must be given equal rights. That is why I have to start the show this year with a quote from Tony Coelho where he says, Hey, give us the right to be fired. Give us the right to be fired. We want to be included, too. And, Commissioner Griffin, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Joyce, for all you do. Uh, I, I, there aren't many people we can look at in this country that has done more uh, individually as well as with the company to get people with disabilities hired in this country. So I, I really appreciate everything you do as well. Well, thank you so much. And listen, we're behind you 100%. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters. No more waiting. We're going to make it happen on voiceamerica.com. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.